and welcome to Metrospective, the podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin. And, uh, Tooch, uh, the time has come. The time? It's finally here! We probably talked about this from the beginning. Yeah, I was very excited for you to watch this OVA, and I have... I, I've, I've, I've frozen on it. And then I've defrosted. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just more cynical or I'm just so hyped up on after rereading the entirety of the manga in a single sitting before I, I watch this. Oh, yeah, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> that probably was, but I have a lot of good things to say about this. And I want before we so we're talking about um, Getter Robo Armageddon, also known as Shin Change Getter Robo, the Earth's last day. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. There's a lot it's packed hard. into these 13 25 minute episodes. The the like my like my quick and dirty assessment honestly is it feels like they it feels like they pitched a 26 episode OVA and they said no, you have 13 and they said all right. Well, from what I've learned today the the, the 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 first director directed the first four episodes. He's the director who went on to do Shin Massinger Z before and during this. He was doing Giant Robo: The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yes, and both a big in, one I want to do. And all three of these OVAs are kind of like an adaptation of a of one of an artist's work, like Gona Guy. I forgot the guy who did um, Giant Robo and Kenishkawa for Get a Robo, but also like uh-huh. even though it's an adaptation of Get a Robo, it also infuses a lot of his other manga stuff into it. Yeah, this like the, like re- regardless of your feelings on Getter Obama again as a Getter story, this whole OVA is probably the biggest legitimate love letter to Ken Ishikawa's oeuvre that yeah. you could that you could ever get animated on screen for you. And it's it's also interesting to note that this came out during the entirety of Shin Getter Robo being published in manga form. Also, the the mangaka, the the creator of Giant Robo, which we should give props to for being one of the one of the yeah, earliest, he also if not, Tetsu, he if, also did Tetsujin. Yeah, if not the earliest, like gi- like put Giant Robots on the map. Uh, Mitsuteru Yokoyama. Because apparently, Giant Robo: The Day of the Earth is still also takes a lot of characters and motifs from his other work as well. Yes. And I'm completely unfamiliar with his work. But I would say that he invented the giant robot, but I will say not... He probably invented the giant robot manga slash anime, uh-huh. but I will say that Gonagai invented the super robot genre. Abs- yes, I would agree with that. And I, But I would say what, without Tetsujin 28 and Giant Robo, Mazinger Z would not exist. But without Mazinger Z, we don't have Getter or anything afterward. It's almost as if everything is a reaction to what has come before. And we are all slaves to time. A friend of mine said something uh, recently where he gave a uh, a presentation to a ton of film students to try to convince them that video games are, like, you know, kind of worth playing. And went through a ton of, like, niche Japanese games that are all narrative-driven. And apparently one guy, after the end of his, you know, kind of 30-minute presentation, just said, You shouldn't be so inspired by things and should try to make new things. <laughs> And then Much one, like a film student. And then another one of my friends responded, Wow, man, why didn't you just go back in time and invent the stick figure? God, I fucking hate film students. <laughs> As somebody who wants to be a film student, I also hate film students. I, I feel like every good film student hates film students. Good. Yeah, I've that's seen the, the big equivalent, That's the equivalent, like, that's the equivalent to me from, of, like, 
of like game dev students who want to immediately graduate and work for like fucking Blizzard or something, and like animation students who want to graduate and immediately work for Pixar. Like, fuck off, all of you. You suck. Yeah, you guys are boring. Fuck you, even if you're listening. Also, thank you for the <laughs> Patreon money. <laughs> Then we don't have a Patreon yet. I know that's the joke. Are you are you anticipating people like five years from now delving into our backlog? Are you insulting people in the future? Yes, that's I've... fine. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff from this OVA. Before we do, we get into Armageddon, summarizing it and our thoughts on it. I want to like just refresh everybody because we talked about Getter in the first season, and yeah. we, we I. When it comes to Super Robot, like, straight Super Robot shit, I would say Getter's my favorite Super Robot franchise. So I'm Same. pretty attached. Yeah. And I got you into Getter because I'm the best. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. You you really, you really fucking did. Like, I, I obviously was always aware of, of Getter Robo, but, like, you really pitched it to me in a way that responded to me. Because when we started really becoming friends is when you were telling me that you loved Galgagar, and I was like, holy shit, another human being I'm interacting with actually watched Galgagar. Yeah, and it's funny, because, like, I, I saw Galgagar completely by accident, honestly. Um, I forget... I forget what got me into Galgagar. Like, maybe... There might be some archival footage of me remembering better in the older episodes, but, like, I... It, you know what it might have been? I... It... it, it there's a chance it was me looking up where that one clip from It's Over 9000 is from. <laughs> because there's a clip from Galgaigar in the original It's Over 9000 meme video. Oh, is it where the guy's on the toilet and, like, laughing? That, too, but it's also the it's the very first enemy. It's the very first Zonder in Galgaigar, like, the weird dragon one. And it was just that clip. It, they just overused that clip of Galgagar punching it in the face because it had a really weird sound effect of like and it was like they just repeated it over and over again and uh, me being me I can imagine looking up trying to find where that was from and I probably found Galgagar and then I remember I don't remember I'm only I'm only like half certain that's where I found out what it was but I do remember specifically watching the very first opening scene of Galgagar and fucking like the, the the couple like the the kids parents like driving around like in a snowy mountain range and then galio shows and, up like, out of nowhere yeah and they're literally like it's literally a superman origin story of like man i really want to have a kid it sucks that we can't have a child together because but like i don't know my vagina's broke <laughs> and then and then yeah a big mecha lion crashes from outer space and, and deposits they go to a child opens its big robot lion mouth and there's a little green glowing baby from space in it and then the theme song starts up and it's the hypest theme song and i knew i was in love from that day forward speaking of that theme song and uh we'll get back together after this last uh story but i don't know if i've told this on mic yet and i need to tell and i think i've told twitch but i didn't go into detail um two otakons ago uh i didn't get to see jam project perform but i got to <sighs> i went to their i missed it but i got to go see their q a Okay. I didn't get to ask a question because some guy, because mm -hmm. the guy in front of me went on a fucking huge impassioned rant about how Dragon Ball Z changed his life, and Kageyama uh. was like, "I didn't even write those songs." <laughs> it was it, I was so mad because I wanted to, I wanted to ask I wanted to ask another question, seeing because I was gonna say if they've done cover songs of older anime songs before, and are they gonna do that again? 
But somebody asked what their favorite giant robots were and who their, like, anime waifus were, essentially. And they all had perfect answers. I Yeah, you did tell me this. Yes, so, please do um, it on mic. Kageyama said get, her, said, said, get her Robo. That was his favorite. And I was like, okay, Good. perfect. Because he was saying Heats. That's perfect. Mitsuko yeah. Horie, she said Ava-01. Uh-huh. I, the the third guy said the, said the original Gundam is the new the guy is new and he apparently did a couple One Piece openings before he joined the band but I forgot his name and the fourth one is Masaki Endo and he said Galgaigar because he did the Galgaigar opening yeah and then they they asked who their waifus were essentially and Kageyama said um, Cutie Honey he said Aww. since he, he said since I was a child I've always been in love with Cutie Honey oh that's precious and then Mitsuko Horie got really close to the mic and just said Akira Fuda. <laughs> She said Devil Man like immediately, and I forgot what, who who Endo said. But then uh, the guy from One Piece said Nozomi Chan from Love Live because she has big boobs. And then everybody, all the rest of the band, kind of all turned their heads and looked at him, <laughs> and everybody laughed. But yeah, that was that was a fun. Panel. I would fucking love to see Jam Project Live. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd love I'd love to. And, but and, like there's 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 big there's there's big anime cons that happen in Texas. I would believe that they could play here at some point. So oh yeah, they, I'll, they I'll play keep cons. My, I'll keep my ears open. But uh, so yeah, uh, so basically, uh, get her. <laughs> Heats dot wav. Heats <laughs> I'm gonna keep. We're gonna keep doing that joke, I guess. It. I, I mean, I'm gonna regardless <laughs> of this podcast. And so, uh, get a robo is about three psychopaths who get into three jet planes and turn into robots, and they commit genocide uh, against dinosaurs. Please, it's about six psychopaths. Uh. <laughs> well, that's I thought. Well, that's the original getter. But, um, Getter Robo is the brain, if this is your first experience with, this is honestly a pretty good introduction to the Getter franchise. This is really like, uh, when, this is like a, uh, a Getter flight, if you will. Like when, when, when you, when you go to a, when you go to like a restaurant or a fancy, some sort of fancy eatery and you order like a wine flight or a beer flight and they give you like three or four little sampler glasses. Yes. This, this really gives you like a little a little sampling of almost everything the Getter Robo franchise has to offer, and I would argue I would argue like at any time that I I pitch Getter to people, I'm like, if you don't feel like trying to track down fan translations of the original manga, which I understand if you don't feel like doing that like work, that's not for everyone. I just just watch. Watch the OVAs, but just make sure you watch all of them because that's really the best way to get like the full breadth of everything this franchise has to offer because it offers so much. Uh, and right, Armor Armageddon, but I but Armageddon, there's th- there's a reason Armageddon is like the most well known one because I think it, it does it try it tries to do the most and whether or not it succeeds, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Getter Armageddon was my introduction to the franchise. It's most people's, I feel. Like. I think I just saw a couple gifs of well, because I, I, my introduction to a lot of classic robe like mecha stuff was because I got into a, I got big into Gundam again. Like that's when I, uh, in like early high school, like Gundam and Evangelion hit me hard my freshman then my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Like my freshman year, it was all Gundam. My sophomore year, it was all Evangelion. 
so then I was like super into Mecha, and then I found out that uh, Aeon Genesis did the translation, did a full fan translation of uh, Super Robot Wars Alpha Gaiden, and I played through that, and that's how I got was like that's how I learned what Mazinger is, that's how I learned what Getter is, and Macross, and all these other Mecha franchises that were not Gundam. And then from there on, that's how I've kind of become here. Is this, so then, so that's how I got here. That's how you have become, period. So then I wanted to look, so I kind of went through and watched, like, uh, everything that wasn't, like, because, you know, at this point, the, the 70s animes did not appeal to me as much as the newer, as the 90s OVAs, mm-hmm. and the, the 70s animes Dude, get, also had... Mazinger Z has, like, 200 episodes. I think they ran that for two years straight. It has, like, it has like 80 or 90 it's ridiculous. If you can, if you, if you tack on Grendizer and fucking Great Mazinger onto that, woo! But uh, I, I so I watched like I watched like Mazinger Shin Mazinger was just airing around then. I watched um, Getter Armageddon and New Getter and Shin versus Neo. But the manga is what really turned me into a Getter fan because mm-hmm. the manga is so good. It's yeah. Yeah, the manga is incredible. I, I I beseech all of our listeners, if you are new here and you haven't gone through our backlog, just listen to any of our older Getter episodes. Like, because we're going to be talking a lot about the manga, and if you haven't read those and you just want some quick context, we give pretty concise summaries of those mangas. If And I don't think those episodes are that long. I think Getter and Getter G, are we we did those, at like those are like 45 minutes a pop. Yeah. Cause, Cause, really, like, in, like me, me and Devin both have a pretty agreed upon like dream anime adaptation scenario, and like, it's it's very it's very JoJo. Like the the first two Getter series can just be compressed into a single season of anime. There's it's not a big deal. I would add a couple um, alter. I would add a couple plot points too, but that's just me. Like I would have a. I would I would have Benkei already be established as a character and have him be like yes. Musashi's like friendly rival from high school. Yes, that, ben- that was honestly honestly that's one of my favorite like most likely because like I I certainly don't know what the overall consensus is in the larger Getter fandom, which I don't even know exists. But like that was one of my favorite immediate things. Was seeing like, Benkei and Musashi actually interact. Yes, they interact and Benkei like oh like Benkei calls Musashi senpai and I was like, Oh my god, that's so adorable. <laughs> like uh so in my in this adaptation that I that I want David Production to make because <laughs> I trust them with my life, mm-hmm. I would I would have I would have it establish a little more backstory for Musashi before Ryoma bumps into him on a mountain. And have Ben K be like the the captain of the baseball team, whereas you know they establish that Musashi's the captain of the judo team, and they could be like fucking rivals who are like also friends. Yes. And I would have that, but uh, pretty much uh, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff from the manga because this takes way more from the manga than it does the '70s anime. It does, and and yet I do also love that like at the very tail end like i honestly wish there was a larger suit up sequence but like at the tail end of the fucking of of this ova like for for the big final confrontation which we'll get to they they do get into their original anime ass well those like, were the manga pilots. too yeah 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 sure but like it, regardless i was just like oh my god that's so corny and i love it so much yeah cuz at the end of a uh, getterobo go go when go gets into the shin getter he uh, he's wearing Ryoma's old pilot suit and Ryoma says that looks good on you oh god i uh, so 
Okay, uh, we prefaced this a lot. We're gonna, so let's kind of go through this like we've been going through. Let's start with the openings. There's two of them. What uh-huh. do you think of the first one? It's it's, Ichi, it's uh, Ichiro Mizuki. We know him. He's he's Mazinger Z, Great Mazinger, Jig. He's done so many openings. He was an original Back... member of Jam Project who's not in Jam Project anymore. Yeah, he was like a founding member. Back when we back when we first did this show, I was like lukewarm on the opening just because like... It's it's weird. It's a weird one, but after watching the whole thing, I I got to say like look, I love like I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is not immediately what you would expect the soundtrack to some to something like this to to be if that makes sense you would more expect you know? something like the soundtrack to new getter robo which we'll do which we're doing in two weeks from now probably i'm sure like i'll yeah 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 because like if if the opening if, if dragon is any indication of the overall of the overall soundtrack then like yeah abso abso fucking lutely um and i do love i do love the overall soundtrack but sometimes I, I feel like they needed, like, a few more tracks. Oh, sometimes just... there was just silence. And I was like, "There's is there, shouldn't there be music in this scene? Like, <laughs> like not, not, not only would there be silence, but also sometimes, like, they would choose, they would choose a track, and I would just be like, this probably isn't the track you should be playing in this scene, but you clearly only had so many songs, yeah, so like, I'll give you this one. <laughs> like, I felt like toward the end, they used the Stoner Sunshine theme, like, eight times, and it lost, like, all oomph. And I love the Stoner Sunshine theme. Don't get me wrong, but uh, what? So then, so you, I, I think the, the, I think the opening for the first three episodes really sets the tone of the first the, three episodes. Yes, it, 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 you know, even before I watched this, it did grow on me the more I listened to it. And sadly, I think Heat's Heat's had the opposite effect, but that was totally my fault. Oh, same. I, over- I listened. I think if you pulled up my iPod from high school, I listened to Heat's like over a million times. Yeah, during the during the stint, like like I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, every night that I drove home from your place to record, I listened to Heats on the drive home. And then you listened to Fire Wars for a bit, but then it turned into Heats again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, it's it was like a forty five minute drive. I listened to both. Um, <laughs> it's just it was literally just me at like sometimes like sometimes like two or three o'clock in the fucking morning just careening down i-95 at 80 <laughs> miles per hour blasting heats because there was no one else on the road and texting like, me at the same time yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> skyping me at the same time okay, about how yes, you shouldn't yes. be skyping me okay i shouldn't i uh, yeah i i didn't text you but i did skype you and that was fine because that's hands-free Devin. <laughs> No, you're typing out Skype messages to me. And having a uh, don't call me out! Oh my god, I'm an irresponsible <laughs> driver. Shush. It was late. Yes, it's fine. So, yeah. It's so not the- fine, don't be like me. Do as I say, not as I do, listeners. So, Heats. I was young and foolish. <laughs> so, Heats. Let's, we gotta talk about Heats, because Heats is great. As much as we've listened to it far too much. Like, yeah, it just... I mean, like you, you, you could really say this about all of Gem Project's best mega openings of just like it. It just fills you. It just pumps well, it's not you. Not Gem Project yet. Of... It's just Kageyama. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, 
it, it accomplishes the same effect as jam. Oh Project no, definitely. Does. Like I when I, um, I with with one thing that somebody asked them what made what led them to start Jam Project, and essentially Kageyama was just saying that they were all people who had done anime openings as that was pretty much their career. Yes. And that so many anime openings just sounded like bland, either J-pop or J-rock, and that they didn't sound like anime openings anymore. Yeah. And just, they wanted to just keep making anime openings. And doing a public service. Yeah, so, and then then we get amazing Jam Project openings. It just pumps you full of fucking adrenaline for what you're about to see. Like, look, <laughs> I love my wife. They're standing right next to me, and I don't even know if they can hear me or not, because they have headphones in, but... One point of contention in our relationship is whenever we watch anime together, they want to skip the opening. And that if the is opening's... a sin against humanity. If the opening's fire, I'm so fucking, like, low-key upset. Like... <laughs> no, I, I refuse to skip openings, even bad ones, because it's part of the ritual of watching anime. I would not, like, like back in the day when I was, like, a middle schooler, like, staying up way too late watching Adult Swim, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have watched Evangelion if if it didn't open with Cruel Angel's thesis every fucking week. Like, that just wouldn't have happened. Like, you need it. Anime openings are so important, like, are, are so important for setting the mood of, I'm about to watch an episode of an anime. It's so important. Even bad openings, I don't skip. I'll skip that. <laughs> Endings? Half the time I'll watch the full ending. Yes. Unless it's like Grand Belm, where it's the worst anime ending I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Grand Belm is an extremely skippable ending, I will give you that. Um, and then, like, something like, like, One one Piece eventually just threw out the ending altogether and then extended their opening to two minutes. So, like, that's, that's wild. Um, but, yeah. So, Heats. It's just great. There's really not much to say about it. I, I, like, I like... I like how it just uses footage from the show, but like it, even then, it does it. It's edited in such a good way. It really, it really is. Like, like usually, it, it I, uses, I it. it uses like sound effects and shit in the in the actual like show opening. Like there's there's like clean, full like MP3s you can go get online. But when you watch the show, there's a whole lot of like like jet engine noises. And oh shit yeah, the and, like, first thing explosions. you hear with the opening guitar riff is Getter One is the three Getter machines shooting through the stratosphere, turning into Getter One. And I, it's if I listen to Heats without that, it sounds wrong. It really fucking. I, I wish that there was a, like there was like a version of it that was clean except for that. So, yeah, that was Heats that's the opening. Great. I, I also appreciate that. I also appreciate how much Jam Project loves committing to the bit of making sure all of their big Super Robot theme songs are all caps, like single word titles. Heats, Storm, Dragon, Dragon, fucking um. I think Fire a lot Wars. of the, yeah, a lot of their other like Gona Guy shit also had that. Like I think Kotetsu Shinji uh, also. Yeah. I think that opening was. I think it's like it's a Stormbringer. Yes, yeah, Storm. That's the name of Elric of uh, Melnibene's sword. Fucking Stormbringer is such a fucking tight ass opening. I can't wait to talk about Jig. We gotta watch old Jig though, and you hate the old Jig opening. Honestly, like watching watching Jig proper, it, it's like I am I am all about look look 2019 20 going into 2020 new year new me I love. Old, I think you were mad that that half of the lyrics are just Ichiro Mizuki scatting. 
Now I love it. Now I'm fine. Each My favorite thing about Jig is that the main character like goes into the fetal position and then turns into the head of Jig, and it's the scariest thing. Yeah, Jig. Like, like if if anybody if anybody listening to this is like skeptical of Gitter Robo because of how incomprehensible their transformations it just are, works. don't watch Steel Jig. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say this right now. Watch Kotetsu Shinjik. Kotetsu Shinjik fixes it. Original Jeek, not so much. I, I will just say right now, if this is your first Getter series, or you're just watching this, you're listening to this for us to sell you on Getter, if you are a hard-ass for things that make sense, mechanical cohesion, and like just how does it work, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> if that shit bothers I- you... You're not gonna like this. I will say the that that and, and I might I might have said this when we when we talked about the manga, but one of my absolute favorite things about like the evolution of Getarobo throughout the ages, because Getarobo started Getarobo started back in an era where you really didn't have to have any sort of mechanical realism in how your machines transformed. Although, and, you know, ju- other than that, other than Getter at the time when it was out, you just had Mazinger or, or Giant mm-hmm. Robo or Tetsujin 28. And if you watched, yeah, and if you watched Tetsujin, like, Tetsujin 28's size de- really depended on what scene they were drawn in. So much so that a lot of people theorized that that was a superpower it had to just sort of change size. Um, but, um, but... Evangelion when... did the same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. When, when, um, when, when Getarobo started getting on in years and the, and the manga kept going, like, Kenishikawa was just sort of like, okay, um, the reason that Getarobo's transformations are always so fucking incomprehensible is specifically because of Getter energy. Um, because every other, like, literally every other mech that isn't run on Getter energy in the Getarobo franchise... Its, transform- its transformations more or less make perfect sense. Yeah, you, even the the transformation sequences are the only good part of the Get a Robo Go anime from the nineties. Yeah, so in, in universe, in universe, and that works on re- plasma energy. It's Getter yeah. in name only. In in universe, the the reason that the reason that Get a Robo's transformations are just fucking bonkers is specifically because of Getter energy. So maybe that will help you. But like, yeah, like there's like. There's a, like right now you can go pre-order a fucking Soul of Chogokin Getarobo Go and its transformations it, it is transformation show accurate. If you if you try to get a fucking Getarobo Soul of Chogokin, they're just going to give you three different mechs. Yeah. So I want so briefly talking about the way the getters are drawn in this. Now we're going to do this is kind of when we talk about mech designs. Yes, but I will say, but yeah, but going into this, I will say that also if you're a stickler for how the fuck does this make sense, astoundingly enough, Getarobo Armageddon does it the does it the best. Yeah, it it does it the best in a way that it show it just shows you and that like it it's it's hard to explain, but it's like it it makes so it's so in your face with disregard for logic that it makes sense. It's, it's like, okay, like, there is, like, every, because, like, this, this happened, this happened to me, I had this reaction so much in this OVA of, like, when, whenever, whenever something that ran on Getter Energy was destroyed, especially, it would, like, it would, like, chip away at all of its armor, and it would show all these mechanisms underneath, and I would just look at it and go, like, there's, like, 
there's no fucking way this thing's a real machine. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I just I just saw it morph like it was made out of fucking silly putty, and you're blowing it up, and there's, like, gears and motors underneath it. Like, shut up. That's, 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 that's what I like about Getter Robo, though. But Same. What I was going to say is, what do you think, do you prefer the manga and 70s look of the Getter one, or the more barrel-chested arm post, the way it's been drawn since Armageddon? Getter One, like the original Getter Robo three ships that combine, like the the the, bar- the barrel chest all the fucking way. Like I I chart I chart my improvement in drawing Mecha by how small I make their fucking heads. Good. I love the I love the barrel chested Getter One. I think the original Getter machines look so fucking good in the first three episodes. It's great. Like. The like, I just love how it's focused on the original three for the first three episodes. And I will say, I s- for every criticism I have of this anime, this anime has one of the most solid like, in like oh not op- not anime openings, but like solid solid first couple episodes ever, and the one of the most solid finales. Yes, the middles where I have a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, and I think that really is just like a new director trying to figure out how to like, transition from what the first director did into what they want to do. And that's complete conjecture. Yeah. I have no well, I have no According actual to Wikipedia, the, apparently the, the new director had no idea where the plot was supposed to go. That's buck wild to me, because at the very least, I, I could 100% believe that, like, a lot of the design work was probably finished by the time he got on board because there's just so much intricate character design and everything that, like... I mean, I don't know, though, now that now that I say well, that... Well, these straight to LaserDisc like, OVAs. Yeah, like, thinking about, like, it's it's always... That came out, like, two episodes at a time on the, on both sides of a LaserDisc. Yeah, yeah, that is how they worked, huh? Like, OV, OVAs are... OVAs are such a non-Western thing that I always forget how they work, huh? Yeah, like like Galactic Heroes, they would come like five or six at a time on like on like two two laser discs. But I think, yeah, I think I could look up the, here. Let me look up the release schedule real quick. God, could you imagine like? I'm gonna it, cut it, all this typing noise. That's fine. It it really is like working on a working on a movie. And then the movie comes out every year, and you and as soon as it's done, you have to start working on the next movie. Uh, and for Legends of the Galactic Heroes, that happened for like, like what, like a decade or something. Yeah, Galactic Heroes ran for nearly a decade, and then they kept making prequel OVAs. I I for real wonder if there was anybody on that staff who had been there since the jump. I'm trying to that's, find I'm trying to find dates for when these episodes aired, but I can't. I'm not really getting any. Fucking wild to me, but but like yeah, but like I at the very least like. It, and again, maybe this is my Western bias, but like, when you pitch a show, you should at least have a fucking rough outline somewhere. And you know what? I would believe that because. When you look at the rough, when you look at the roughest outline of events, it all adds up. Oh yeah. I I really just think that the the, the pacing was just such a pro- honestly like, even the first four episodes, even the first four episodes had pacing issues. Oh yeah. Like, I I I agree. Like I there's a lot of stuff that kind of just happens 
that I still am, I've watched the show like 20 it, times and I'm still just kind of confused as to like a lot of plot points as to like why. I'm not necessarily confused, but whenever stuff would come up, it was always a matter of like, if, if you're not the kind of person who is able to just be told an extremely basic statement and then be able to just run with that immediately with no like with no ability to get any follow up you are not ready for get a robo armageddon get a robo armageddon wants you to just accept everything it tells you because it's going to tell you a whole lot of information in a single sentence a very basically stated fact, like you're already supposed to know, and it's going to keep going as if you've been with it the whole time. Yeah. And you have to be ready to keep running. Like, a lot of this show is more about the ride, and I'm very much a plot guy, and I usually can take things that are completely like that and run with it, but I don't know why on this specific viewing I had such issue with it. Maybe it's because now I just, I've, I've come to such adoration for the manga, which doesn't really do that. Yeah. And so maybe the I'm manga just... the manga is almost the opposite where it ex- like where like there's there's a lot happening but it it'll go into like heavy explic it'll go into brief moments of explication but those brief moments will will, will be dense yeah there's like when you come to like Shin Getter and Go and some of the inserted chapters that Ishikawa did later for G to tie it into like Shin and Arc yes. Get a robo like like the like that. That's why I'm super fucking hoping that they have to right. Like if if anybody ever got the distribution the, the localization rights to get a robo, it's gonna have to just be the saga cut, right? Well, yeah, because they that's just the did, easiest they, one to do. They just it's all did, there. Yeah, they just did a new a new printing in Japan of the saga. It's not it's not called saga, but it has all like the new chapters and shit. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I was sending you the covers of them a couple days ago. Yeah. So if we got a pr- if we got a printing in the U.S. of of Getter, we would get those. Seven C's, please. I buy all of them. I was actually almost I yesterday. I I just got frustrated because I'm spending too much money these days, and I uh, was, uh-huh. didn't feel like navigating uh a, like a you know how you can do those services where they'll like you give them money and then they'll buy you something on a Japanese auction site and then give it to you for a fee. No, it's a thing to buy stuff off of Japanese option, auction sites, but I almost spent 60 bucks and bought all the Saga editions in Japanese. Oh, fucking 60 bucks? I fucking would have. But it would have also been I had to pay like international shipping on top of that, and then the fee oh. for the service to buy it for me. So it okay, been like so that would have been another $100. It would have been like 120 total, so I was like, ugh. Oh. And those are hard bounds, so, that's the, so I, don't even, I don't even know if I calculated the shipping right, so that would have been like... So yeah, that's a bit of a pipe Someday. dream. Someday. Someday. But yeah, the the main thing when you have when this show is just kind of being itself is when it's at its best. When it's just like it's giving you mecha action, it's giving you like intense dialogue about Getter rays, it's giving you great character moments. That's what Getter's really like about. It's giving you like beautiful artwork. Like not yes. necessarily like like honestly like that th- that's the one thing I kept noticing, and this this is gonna sound like a diss. This like this isn't a diss because for what Getter Robo is, it's beautiful. But like, especially these days, where like there's a there's there's a whole lot of like, you know, like you you think about 
the first season of One Punch Man, where everything is just beautifully frame-by-frame animated. Like, that is a privilege in this day and age. Um, and Grand Bell did on, not look like that. <laughs> no. Depending on what studio's doing it, arguably, it's a privilege... Like, it's a privilege built on the backs of exploitative, overworked, and underpaid labor. I I can't speak... And a lot of unpaid Koreans. Yeah. Um, Get a Robo Armageddon, honestly, doesn't have a whole lot of that. There's the, stone, there's the Stoner Sunshine animation. They used that twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then did. there's the Shine Spark animation. And then aside from that, I did keep noticing how much they used like, still images with, like, mouth flaps, and, like, honestly, that's fine, because that's anime, but where it, where its strength lies, and why this isn't a diss, is because where its strength lies is solid boarding, solid artwork, great line work, good cinematography, it knows how to frame a scene, even if there's not a whole lot of animation going on. It's well-directed. it's so good. It's so well-directed. Like, and it's got, like, both, like, both directors, like, you know, well, in most movies and stuff like that, whenever whenever most people talk about, oh, the original director dropped out of the project and another one picked it up, it's usually disparaging towards the second director. Both directors, like, both before, during, and after to get a real Armageddon, they're, both of their filmographies are great. Yeah. The the the, the first the second director went on to do the other two Getter OVAs and he did the Gig OVA and I think I think he did a couple others I can't crawl off the top of my head I know yeah. he did an episode of um, Re Cutie Honey I think yeah because Hideaki Anno did an episode of that or I think Hideaki Anno did the uh, directed the opening and then I I know the Kill a Kill Gurren Lagann guy did an episode of that we'll get that's that's for another episode but yeah um where like. I will say, like, you, as we said in the Kaiser episode we did back in Govember, how that was kind of like, you said, like a perfect realization of just Gonagai's art translated to animation. Yes. I felt this way about Ishikawa. I felt this way about Ishikawa, too, and it, it, it's especially Ryoma looks prevalent. so good. All the facial expressions look so good. Every character, like, th- like th- I, somebody on Twitter said something, and I never wanted something more in my life, where it was like, the Ahegao hoodie, but it's all getter faces. Yes. But, like, yeah, because it's especially, because, like, you know, like, there's a reason that Getter Robo is often misappropriated to Gonagai, because, you know, Ken Ishikawa got his start being Gonagai's, like, assistant and understudy. And And they worked closely forever. Yeah, and Ken Ishikawa's early work is obviously reminiscent of Gonagai, because he trained under Gonagai, but, like, when you get into, like, the 80s and, like, his his latest work before his untimely passing, like, he really got his own art style that Gonagai oh, yeah. could just never is not Gonagai at all. And get a robot again is the best more, place like, to detailed. go. Yes. Gona- it's like he has intro like even in I was I sent you so uh, Ryoma in the series, his his visual design is ba- is less based off of how he looks in Get a Robo Go or in any previous installment. But he looks like the main character of the manga Maju Sensen in this. Yes. And even in Maju Sensen, which came out like right after Get a Robo G, like the manga, so like seventy seven I want to say, mm-hmm. um, just like I sent two. Like if you look up Maju Sensen and look through it, you'll see the main character looks just like Armageddon Ryoma with like the chain belt and the trench coat and the fucking gravity defying scarf. Yeah, and like I, it, I would honestly just going I, into it with the fucking scarf and the cloth and everything in those panels. Yes, and I would I would believe that if there's if there if there was any reservation in the first half of the Getter Robo manga, it it. 
uh, you know, again, this is pure conjecture. I have no evidence, but like, I would believe that it might have just been because like uh, that's what the anime looked like, and I would believe that Ishikawa might have just been. I don't know, maybe he got, like, a note or something of, like, make sure it looks like the anime so we can fucking have that brand synergy. Even though the anime, even though the manga is a lot darker. Like, considerably lot, yeah. so. Again, and that's, that's, uh, that's creepy Uncle Go's influence. You need to have that one chapter where a fucking, like, cyborg monster straps a whole bunch of, like, innocent people to their body. And, and they did that in this kind of, too. Yes, they did! Oh my god, I that's like going to guy's favorite thing it's it's i never before have i ever seen a trope like not only appropriated to one man but exclusively only ever used by one man and it's such a specific trope it's such a specific trope (laughs) like even devil man did it with the dude with the faces yeah with the with the turtle turtle demon Arguably, that might have been the first one to do it, unless the 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 demon king. What like I forget the name. The thing he made before Devil Man that was like a proto Devil Man. Mao Dante. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would believe that unless that has that example in there, Devil Man might be the first. But he loved it enough I, to keep doing yeah. it. Also, Gona Guy loves bondage. There, that's only like that's that's how you can tell the difference between an Ishikawa manga and a Gona Guy manga. There is no bondage in any getter thing. Yeah, and it, it's, Aphrodite A is tied up. Oh no! <laughs> Gonaga, you fucking pervert. Um, but yeah, like Gonaga, like uh, I do love Gonaga's art style for what it is. But Kenishikawa just just g- g- gives his art a fluidity that I'm not sure Gonaga ever got to. Like he's got good draftsmanship, and like whenever he actually makes like a fully rendered colored image, Gonaga's artwork looks great but in terms of like and when he does like the brush work he's very good with a fucking brush like some of the violence jack images where he does like the or like some like like toward the end of of devil man when he's when like everything goes completely to hell and the makimura family is just slaughtered and it's all in like this crazy hazy like almost rushed looking like kind of brushes and inks Uh and that like he's good at gona guy is very good at depicting horrific acts of violence and perversion Yes, but then when it comes to just the bare bones panel to panel like black and white manga work, like I always felt like like even Gona Guy's later work always came off as a little stiff. Yeah. Um Go- and Kenishikawa no- very much spent his career growing out of that. Um, like which later which stuff I- in like when when Getter Robo Go gets toward the end and parts of Shin where like the get when the Shin Getters literally starts eating people and it's yes. like or when, because that that's the biggest disappointment. I have two big, my two biggest gripes with Getter of Arbigen right before, right off the bat, or forty minutes in. One, Shin Getter is like a quarter as strong as it should be. They nerfed Shin Getter. They nerfed Shin Getter for like plot reasons because they wanted. Because that's the thing about the the Getter, the overall Getter Robo manga very much keeps Shin Getter close to the chest because. If you just come out the gate with Shin Getter, nothing stops it. Shin Getter is Shin Getter is the fucking um what the the like the the, the Shin Getter part of Getter Robo Go is the revelations part of the Bible. <laughs> It's the most Elaborate. exciting part, and it's oh, the yeah. one. It's the most marketable, and everybody loves it. But if you open with that, then you're gonna have to 
end everything really quick because when Shin Getter shows up, then everything else kind of has to stop because it's an unstoppable juggernaut of it literally it 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 is it is infinitely powerful like as yeah. a stat <laughs> yeah no like it just there is no limit to how much getter energy it can absorb like shin getter is is <laughs> like shin getter is basically almost a lovecraftian entity Shin, Shin Getter like, Emperor is a Lovecraftian entity. Like, you know, everybody, and when I say everybody, I mean me. Everybody wants to talk about, like, sheer size and, and, and physical scale when it comes to, like, what Getter, like, what, what robots should should fight. And for me, my my big, my big heavyweight championship title bout is always, like, uh, Getter Emperor versus Final Tango Topagur and Logon. But for me, I think a, a more impressive fight would be Shin Getter versus Ideon. I would that would be a good fight. I don't think there would be a winner. I think there would just be the destruction of the universe as we know it. Yes. <laughs> like um for example, like if you're going to go with size, like you could say Gunbuster. Gunbuster is the size of four Ideons. Gunbuster is one of the biggest mechs there is. Yeah, Gunbuster is one of the biggest mechs there is, but it's also it's also just two spaceships that that um, made a man. And like, don't get me wrong, Gunbu in the in episode five of Gunbuster, it got like the the final battle in this is comparable to the amount of chaos that Gunbuster could fucking pulls off. And I would say the Shin Armageddon Shin Getter is the same level of power as like Gunbuster. Yes, Armageddon Shin Getter should fight the Gunbuster. Manga Shin Getter should fight Ideon. Manga Shin Getter should fight God. It does in one of the fucking <laughs> non in one of the fucking like spinoffs written by somebody else. God in your fan fiction. <laughs> in my fan fiction where fucking get, getter emperor defeats the entire concept of dogmatic religion i i am very i've 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 ceased being the reddit tier atheist i was for most of my life and i've now become this weird form of like i i don't hate i realized that i had a lot of misplaced hatred towards religion and what i really hate is dogma mm -hmm. not religion in itself so i very much am an advocate for spiritual anarchy the only dogma I like is the Kevin Smith film. And my second gripe about Get a Row of Armageddon. There are no fucking dinosaurs. There's really just that Emperor Gore monster, and that's it. And that one T-Rex that shows up. The one Invader T-Rex. Yeah. And that's, like, it. But, like, there, it's, it's nary a getter when there's, there's no dinosaurs. A new getter has that same problem, too. There's no dinosaurs. So, do you think this is where we go through the show kind of linearly and talk about it? Oh, uh, yeah, fucking 50 minutes in, we probably should. Well, yeah. So, this this is this is in a hashtag AU, and I'm unsure if you could just say, imagine this as an edge. You can't really place this as like, oh, this is a, this is essentially an alternative version of either Shin Getterobo and Getterobo Go. It's this weird one where... It's a sequel to something that doesn't exist. Yeah, honestly, like the the only the only like, the only reason it doesn't you can't comfortably fit it is because Musashi is alive. Yeah, if Musashi so, was already dead, you could just say, "Oh, this is this is like a sequel to Get a Robo G." Yeah. So in in this series, the main enemy are the invaders, and I love the invaders conceptually. Yeah, they, the they really are, are. They're a good getter enemy. Yes. And they're they remind me of they're kind of like a force of nature like the space like the space monsters from from Gunbuster, 
Yeah. Like, the space monsters aren't evil, they just eat stars, and we we need a star to survive, so... I, I, I think, yeah, and, and I think these, I, I think the invaders are, I think the invaders are evil, they are, by the end of this, what, what, what they really spoke to me as is, like, the end, like, both the antithesis of humanity, and also, like, a warning like a, a warning to humanity because like they like the the invade like humanity is established to like oh we we may or may not have kind of fucked with getter energy too much and the invaders are like you did but also we fuck with getter energy the most and that makes us better than you <laughs> Because I, I I was under the impression that they like fed off of Getter energy and were like attracted yes. to it. Yes, and and you know, and, but but also Getter energy like so it's 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 like they they're all in, like the the like humanity is still at a point where it's like Getter energy is useful, but also we we see ourselves as 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 you know separate from Getter energy, and the invaders are like y'all are fucking fools. Getter energy is the only thing that matters. And we're gonna fucking prove it to you. <laughs> so we we immediately think. So we immediately start with kind of like a very brief summary of a, the non-existent thing. This is a sequel to. There yeah. is a, a radio drama that for a long time everybody said this was a sequel to a radio drama called The Moon Wars. Whereas The Moon Wars is actually a supplemental CD made. That's just an audio drama about Michiru's death and from her perspective in the series that came out like after the show was already done. That makes so a lot for a more long sense. time, it, the Moon War, the ele- the like the mysterious Moon Wars CD drama, the radio drama doesn't really exist. That was either misinformation or somebody just assume, making a big assumption. It was it, it, what what it actually was was a radio drama adaptation of the Moon Wars that we fought in, <laughs> uh, and people misappropriated it to get a robo. Sorry, there, everyone. Those there was only one moon in their Moon War. We made the ending of Dead Space 3 look simple. We had, we're had we talking hundreds of moons. People are throwing moons at each other. But they, yeah. they got off easy. Yeah, they, they... They... They they got rid of so many moons. Like, they got rid of almost all... Of, all but one of Jupiter's moons. We had to fight all of Jupiter's moons. We had to fight one. So... Uh, we have so the the anime opens with Mustache, a really cool shot of like a fucked up destroyed Getter One being like viewed by a young mustachioed Saotome, and I don't know why Saotome always has a mustache in this OVA because this is the only time he has a mustache, but he looks kind of like just fucking designed him like like so I just got a wild hair up his ass and went like fucking off. Saotome looks like this now, and everyone went fuck you. Oh wait, I think seventies anime Saotome had a mustache. Fucking. I think you might be right. So do you think they're trying to like combine manga Saotome and anime Saotome into like a Probably. single entity? That's, that's, you know that, what? that makes a lot of sense. Yes, because I I remember we we ragged on we ragged on anime Saotome real hard for just looking like kind of a, like a drunk asshole. Yeah, he because was... like because like manga Saotome who is Had perfectly depicted in he's perfectly depicted in new. It's like that he's just perfectly manga Saotome. He's a short, angry 
kind of crazy guy who's willing to do anything to understand Getter Rays and fight the Dinosaur Empire. Yeah, he's got a little he's got a little tuft beard under his chin, and then anime Satome looks like a drunk man who just got fired from the mall for like cussing at a kid while dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. And he has a mustache. You know who else sucks? Doctor Tachibana from Getter Robo Go because he also looks just like anime Satome and doesn't do anything in Getter Robo Go. <laughs> But, uh, there's a, there's a lot of callbacks to Getter Robo Go in this, specifically visually. So, like, they, sh- so apparently they just, people discovered Getter Rays on the moon, and I'm assuming the Getter Robo was already built as, like, a moon, as, like, a space exploration robot, which is what it originally was for in the manga in anime. But that then the Dinosaur I, Empire happened. I forgot about that. You're right, it was. So, I'm, su- I'm assuming that in this timeline, the Satome Research Facility was all, like, uh, just proceeded with the Getter Project, not really even needing to fight dinosaurs or demons uh-huh. or aliens. Well, until they do need to fight aliens, but later. Well, they do. I, I feel like at the at the tail end, I think they they do they do specifically name Gore and the, and Bry and Bry by name. So I think that did happen in this. But in this when they fight them, past. Hayato and Ge- Hayato and Ryoma don't recognize them at all. They're like, "What are these monsters?" And I'm like, "You don't Maybe... recognize." Maybe they, maybe, you know, maybe the original Goran Bride did look like how they did in the manga, and these ones are just, like, fucked up monstro versions of them, even to them. So, it, like, once again, this is the, this is a problem I have with Armageddon, because it's hard to reconcile what exactly happens before Armageddon. Yes. That, that's, and this is, this is just a personal grievance as being such a big fan of Getter. Yeah. That it's hard for me to imagine what actually transpired before we, what we see in the series, but... After the Moon Wars, where, you know, we all, four of our Getter protagonists, because, you know, Musashi's cursed to die in every installment he's in. Uh-huh. I will say, honestly, like, out of out of literally every single Musashi death I've seen, and I have gone back, like, in between, in between the seasons of this podcast, I went, I went and watched, I went and watched the original, original Getter Robo anime. Um, I'm gonna say, fucking, this Musashi death, my, probably... But like lower tier, it just kind of happens, and we just have to live with it. I had a straight up Mandela effect because I remembered his death completely differently in this. Same. I remembered him dying in, a, in like being enveloped in a white light and like a nuclear explosion. And I think it was that was from a different OVA. Well, because in the other, the only other OVA Musashi's in is Shin versus Neo, and that's just a one to one recreation of his death in the manga, with the getter yeah. where he pulls out the getter core. So like, I, yeah, that must have been what I was thinking of, which I have also seen in between seasons of this show if you want a perfect honestly that's the best part of shin versus neo to me is how they depicted the ending of the original getter robo manga almost perfectly uh-huh. but replaced my, fa- my, my favorite is that they made texas mac cool yeah they made texas mac cool so um at, at so part of a convo so m- during an accident michiru is dead she gets crushed ah. in in get in the mi- in the middle machine while forming getter liger Mm-hmm. And they keep sh- and they show that flashback like a bajillion times, and they inconsistently call it Getter Riger and Getter Liger, and I love it. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. Uh, it's it, it really is the with great power comes great responsibility of this OVA. And so, um, Ryoma's in prison for killing Satome, but Satome got Hayato to frame Ryoma for killing Satome, but faking his death or maybe coming back as an invader. It's not quite clear. Yeah. But Sao Tome's pissed off at everybody in the world for, you know, killing 
for, you know, Michiru dying. If you, honestly, if you want a good Getarobo Armageddon drinking game that won't kill you, take a shot every time somebody asks someone else, you're still alive? <laughs> I was gonna say, the one that will kill you is every time somebody screams somebody else's name. Yeah, now that'll do it. Hayato! <laughs> Every time Ryoma screams Hayato in the first three episodes. Oh, GG! <laughs> I, okay, can we talk about the voice cast for a minute? Because the guy who, because Hideo Ishikawa, who voices Ryoma in all three of the OVAs, just the, he's he's Ryoma. He's even better than Akira. Um, I forgot his name. I'm such an idiot. I forgot his name. The the the, the guy he voiced like everybody in the '70s. Like he was Kenshiro. He was Kaneku Man. Uh, Akira Kamiya. Akira Kamiya. Akira Kamiya was like, he's like, well, Star Sunshine's only in Super Robot Wars, voiced by him, but you know, he has like that kind of voice. Whereas, but like, Hideo Ishikawa just has that deep fucking, he's, he's, he's Ryoma. Yeah, no. Like, he says, get her tomahawk, and like, my, my heart skips a beat. Tomahawk! Like, he puts so much, he puts so much stank on it. It's so good. Like, just, like, Instead of letting, like, the moo kind of, like, fade out, he, like, just, moo! Like, it just, he hits it. It's so good. <laughs> it's, like, that That must sound, like, that must sound, even to native Japanese, like, speakers, that must sound just a little weird, and I love that. <laughs> so, essentially what what we find out is that we start with Musashi and Ben, and ben K together talking about, you know, how shit has gone bad for the Getter team. Musashi's raising Genki right now, the the, the 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 boy who's featured as a major side character in the 70s anime and a very minor character in Getter and Getter G. And, like, a panel in Shin. Yeah. But, like, uh, uh, how things have just gone bad and, like, Musashi just doesn't want to talk about it because it's, like, fucked and Ben K is like, no, I kind of want to talk about it. I love this version of Musashi. He, I, I like. They, I, I'm assuming they work for the military because they're always in the kind of green fatigues. I just sort of assumed that, like, I just sort of assumed that, like, after whatever, whatever, whatever weird, different version of 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 the events of of Getter Robo and Getter Robo G happened in this OVA, that like the the Saotome Institute just sort of became like, its own sort of PMC, but specifically for fucked up shit that only Getter can solve. I just, I just assumed it was swallowed up by the military. That, that, you know, it was probably like, you know, we're, we're both, right? So, Saotome, so, like, the, the Shin, the, the, uh, the, they're driving the biggest fucking semi in the world. It takes up both lanes of traffic on a highway. And uh, it gets attacked by an invader, and Musashi jumps into the back and starts kicking ass in Getter 3, which I was so happy the first Getter you see is Getter 3. Like, the most underrepresented Getter. I fucking- I love Getter 3 so much. I love the fucking- something Zensetsu Oroshi or whatever. Oroshi! The fucking judo move. He literally throws you spinning upward into a tornado. Honestly, the best part of the original Getter anime is when- Fucking, uh... Oh my god, I just brain farted. Musashi? Um, Musashi, yeah, Musashi. For some reason, my brain was convinced that there was more syllables I was forgetting. <laughs> um, I think his full name, Musashi Tomoe? <laughs> sure, who who knows. Um, uh, but Musashi, like, whenever, like... Because there's a couple episodes where, like... 
the conflict there's definitely at least one episode where the conflict is Musashi has a really important judo match, but he also has to go pilot the getter. <laughs> That's that sounds fun. Except, it's fun. Like, I I I love Musashi in the manga though. He's Honestly, like... there's like I I would love. I mean, we're, we're gonna do it eventually, but like, um, I I don't know whether or not you want to try and watch all like fifty or whatever episodes, but like I I do. Have I would a list. just not soon. Yeah, I I do have a list of. I, I did make a list of like all the ones you can skip, and surprisingly, it was hard to cut some stuff. There's a good, there's a lot of good standalone episodes. There's like really, there's some really compelling like dinosaur empire generals of the week in that series. I think you would enjoy. That sounds fun. I know that, that there's there's a Hitler guy in G. Oh yeah, Hilter, Hilter, Hilter. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> um. So Getter three. So essentially, then Shin Getter one shows up, and like it's it's. I know they're already like because part of the, the draw of this was seeing Shin Getter animated. Yes, and it's a pretty good introduction. All like caught like you know bathed in shadow, illuminated by lightning. Like it's it's sick, and Shin Getter just shows up and ruins this invader. Like ruins it, <laughs> and Musashi's in Bankero kind of like what the fuck is that? But Shin Getter steals the cargo which is like a pod that has like a half a formed person in it and he flies away to which and uh but briefly he like Tome steps out of the, the cockpit of shin getter and like ben k is like is that fucking Tome? <laughs> so then Tome like starts you know just he goes back to mount asuma and just has an army of mass-produced you know getter abogis like ligers dragons and poseidons just fucking the military up yeah. And they call in the one guy who can deal with this. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it literally... And again, like... Uh, in a in a better-paced show, this would have been such a more dramatic reveal, but we literally saw him get arrested, like, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and we see Ryoma just, like, terror... He looks like the guy from Maju Sensen, and he, ha- he still has hand... He still has, like, one handcuff on. I would love... I would have loved a sequence... I, just one sequence of, like, Ryoma in prison, just immediately killing a man, and then everybody leaves him alone forever. <laughs> yeah, that would, I mean, Ryoma would be that guy in prison who just freaks out the first day, and then no one fucks with him, and he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he just sits also, there staring at the wall. Also, uh, I probably knew this in our first season, but I have since forgotten, uh, Hideo Ishikawa also voiced uh, Itachi Uchiha in Naruto. Wow. He also voices Seiji Hayami and Re-Cutie Honey, which is great. Nice. Um, so, what then proceeds is probably one of the most ass-kicking scenes ever, where Ryoma just wages war on an, in a Getter in Getter 1 against, like, a ton of Getter dragons, Ligers, and Poseidons. And it's probably one of the most awesome pieces of Getter ever. It's, it's fucking, it's fucking It's, it's two sick. episodes of, of Ryoma waging a one-man war against Satome. Wait a minute, he voices Simon Belmont in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's... Grandando Colossa! That's, I'm, I, yeah. Dude, what if, what if he, I would, does he voice Trevor Belmont in the Japanese dub of the Netflix Castlevania series? Um. He should. I don't know, Wikipedia always puts dubs at the end. Uh, dubbing roles. No, but he, vo- he voices Dr. Fate in the Japanese dub of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Interesting. And he voices, uh, he voices Rusty 
in Thomas the Tank Engine. I'm just and imagining he, Thomas he the was, Tank Engine drawn by Kenny Scott now. Wait a minute, Devin. Wait a minute, Devin. This might be the best one. He voices Abraham Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That might get me to watch that movie. I need the Japanese dub of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter immediately. So hey, wait, he also he dubs he dubs Samuel L. Jackson's character in Do the Right Thing and specifically the Netflix edition. Oh my god. Mr. Senior Love Daddy. So, back to Armageddon. I I love uh, that's my favorite part of Seiyu Wikipedia pages is seeing what they and seeing what Western stuff they've done. Oh, apparently always... Kageyama did a cover of Eye of Eye of the Tiger for the Japanese version of Rocky Three, and I've never been able to find it. Oh my fucking god! I need that to be real. I want to believe it's just not Wikipedia lying to me, like about the Moon Wars. <laughs> but uh, Hayato we shows know up. know the truth about the Moon Wars. Hayato shows up and Ryoma's not that happy about it, but, um, to, to help in the fight. And let me say, I love the way the getter cockpits are just incomprehensible. They're just levers and dials and fucking, like, I love how Hayato is, like, screaming at Satome and, like, pulling on levers and pulleys, and it's the greatest shit ever. It, it's just, it just raises too many questions. Uh... To fucking quote, I think Batman Forever. Um, uh, but like, because like with with real robot stuff, you can. And I think we're on record. I think we're on record saying this when we talked about Gundam. Was like I basically postulated like, so a lot of the finer movements of a of a Gundam in it, like a, or a real robot, like a lot of that's automated. Yeah, that's Presumably. that's something I love about I love about MS Igloo is that you can see like the difference between like the automated run cycle and when a pilot takes manual control. And and like Getter it's it, it it really not only does it not postulate that anything's automated, they really they really make you feel like they are somehow controlling a hundred percent of the finer motor skills of this big metal man yes so ryoma and hayato just you know eventually musashi shows up and the team is reunited musashi has like his arm in a cast and he's still kicking ass yes but um eventually ryoma gets like and hayato are like enter mount asuma in like saotome's house of fucking horrors as, like, and they fight giant monster, like, gore and bry. It's... Satomi is such a... Satomi is such a fucking buckwild thing in this OVA, because it's really, like... There's... there's His voice actor rocks. <laughs> there's so... There's so much... There's so much happening that would lead you to presume, like... Surely Sao Tome has been like compromised in some manner, and yet it's not until like the the very last batch of episodes that they're finally like, yeah, Sao. Oh yeah, Sao Tome was like overtaken by invaders all along, and and like the real Sao Tome gets a couple lines at the end, like rooting the Gator team on after they. I have a theory on what I think. Saotome's thing is, but we'll get, I'll get there when we get yeah. there. Yeah, but yeah, but I guess all I'll say is like it's it's buckwild that they waited that fucking long to give us what Saotome's whole fucking deal is because they did so many like 
half of my half of my drinking game of take a shot every time someone says you're still alive, half of those shots are gonna be Sao Tome. Yes. The other Sao half to- is Ryoma. <laughs> so then we 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 we're, we're, we cut to like what I assume is the United Nations or like the Japanese government, and all these guys are freaking out like about you know all, all this getter energy is happening. Yeah, they're, invaders they're, are being they're, called. They're in their they're in their fucking cherry picker Yu-Gi-Oh dual fucking pods like yeah. overlooking a big map. And then fucking Stinger and Cohen show up. These two fucking creepy fuckers. Stinger and fucking Cohen. Honestly, I... Who are also from Maju Sensen. Yeah, it wasn't until today when you linked me to that post saying that they were from Maju Sensen was I finally, like, okay with their existence. Because up until that point, I was like, who the fuck are these people and why are they in 100% of Get a Robo Armageddon? I don't fucking like them. (laughs) (laughs) So they show up and they're kind of like, oh, we work with Sao Tome. We're also Getter physicists and we're here to help because Sao Tome's back. And then quickly they turn into invaders and kill everybody. Yeah. Like very quickly that happens. (laughs) Like fucking like there's, there's anybody who ever anybody who watched this for the first time and presumed that Stinger and Cohen were like okay guys that must have lasted for half a fucking second because the second they get any legitimate screen time they are fucking over everyone so shit's going bad everywhere Benkei is injured from you know the fir- from like the, the the first episode and he's dealing with Genki who Musashi adopted Genki's like catatonic from watching Ryoma allegedly kills Sao Tome. Yeah, he's he's catatonic from one, seeing his sister die, and then two, like, walking in on walking in on his father's corpse while his best buddy Ryoma is standing over top of it holding a smoking gun. Saying, I didn't do this. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets pulled away by the cops and all that, but I I, I, I did you notice when they're right before Ryoma launches, there's a woman who looks a lot like Sho for like two seconds, and she's wearing I, like the Get Her Go pilot suit. I did. Because because it's almost like because she has like one line where she's like, "What? You're gonna let him pilot that?" She looks like Sho, but she's blonde instead of having red hair. Oh, huh. It's I, I noticed it for the first time here. I was like, "Is that Sho in like a two second cameo?" Maybe. Because Sho is the only Go character that is not in this. As... Yeah, like, it's just sort of replaced by K. K is an amalgamation of six different characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three, technically, but... Um, so, go, so uh, essentially, Sao Tome then is, like, injured, no longer is fighting Sao, uh, Ryoma. He's like, here, get in the Shin-Getter. And Ryoma's kind of like, what? And then they reveal Go. Who in this... If you listen to Get... If you watch Get... If you read Get a Robo Go before this... You are very confused as to why Go is a PS from Votoms. Yeah. Go looks is Go resembles Kiriko more than he resembles himself in the manga. The, yeah, this this is this is very much the fucking like like star actors like acting troupe where like they they use they use Go's name and design for a legitimately different character. So Go, like, because that's the thing. So Tommy says he created Go, but Go is in the pod that he stole with Shin Getter, and I'm kind of, like, scratching my head about that, too. Did the government yeah. steal Go from Sao Tome and he's stealing it back? Maybe. 
Maybe. It's like, there's a lot of stuff like that in this show. And if, you, if you're if you able to ignore it, which I'm usually able to, I just, in this specific viewing, I just wasn't able to for some reason. I do I do also want to say, because I've, I've randomly happened upon, like, that, that one that one like two page spread in get a robo go where they're given like some basic information on all of the mechs uh in get a robo go from all the different countries i am throughout this whole ova i was really hoping to see fucking bb5 great britain's like great britain's mech from get a robo go because it was just like a big muscular it was just a shiny black like muscular woman mech with titties (laughs) And I think they go out of their way to say that the pilot was a lesbian. I think they go out of their way to say that and go. Yeah, she she was like she she was a lesbian in that anime way where it's problematic. Yeah, and like you only know because she flirts with she like says like hey do you want to fuck to like show like once yeah and you're kind of like, like and it's like hey who the fuck do you think you are me <laughs> so essentially the government then decides to fire a like getter tipped nuclear missile to like at, at Mount Asuma. So they, in a dope-ass sequence, they shoot Shin Getter 1 into space, and then Stinger and Cohen are on top of the missile, which scares the shit out of Ryoma. I, anytime Ryoma freaks out in this manga, in this OVA, it's the best thing. Anytime Ryoma's legitimately worried, it's cause for concern. Because Ryoma doesn't afraid of anything, so when he does afraid of something... Yeah. Like, Sting- I think that's one of my favorite moments in this entire OVA, is Stinger and Cohen, like, just, like, after they did something to the missile, I guess, to make it worse, they, like, jump down to Earth and are kind of like, ha fuck you guys, and they, like, as they're, like, descending down to Earth, it's great. So, this missile goes off, and we just end the third episode, and we cut to, like, presumably, like, 15 or so years into the future. I think it's specifically 13. 13. Yeah. So I guess this wasn't the Earth's last day yet. And so we cut to Benkei, who's now a little bit grayer, uh-huh. and he's he's joined by the three by two of the guys from Go. Um, I forgot their names. It's a, uh, I just had their names. Are they the two guys from the whale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I which I forgot was a whale, <laughs> and then that was really nice. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I love whale mechs. They are prevalent in this genre more than you would think they are. <laughs> all, all I know is the whale the whale robots from Mega Man. The whale was from Mega Man. The, this whale in Get this whale in Get Robo. There's the whale. There there are the whales in uh, Zoids. Um, there's probably another whale I'm forgetting, but yeah. Whale Lord uses tackle on your Eevee. Whale Whale Mon is like kind of cyborgy, but all the Digimon are kind of cyborgy. That doesn't count. It's a Digimon. Is a digital man. Digital man. <laughs> so, we have a whole. So then we're introduced to K, who is I think who I consider to be the main character of like this arc. Like yes. if you break it into three, if you break the first three episodes, Ryoma is the main character, and then K is the main character of episodes like four through ten, and then episode eleven through thirteen is Ryoma is the main character again. K has the most like followable on-screen arc that isn't interrupted by just swaths of plot happening like at at, there's very there's there's only a couple points where where k is involved in the parts of this ova where it just gives you it just it just gives you a single sentence that is supposed to summarize vast swaths of information and then it continues and never goes back to it 
So to talk about Go again for a sec, as we briefly said, he's essentially not, doesn't really have a personality. He's kind of just, he's a human getter. He is a human getter. Yes. He, he, yeah, he, he was, he was born to, he was born to synchronize with getter energy. And he's like, I guess this is spoilers, but we always spoil, not even linearly, but he is a, like, a weird reverse gender clone of Michiru? Yeah, he, he's like, he's a combination, he, they, they specifically said that he is a clone, that he is, well, not necessarily a true clone, but he's almost like, and I guess it's kind of fucked up to describe it like this, but he is like a, a in vitro, an in vitro, like, DN, like DNA combination child of, like, Saotome and his daughter Michiru. Which, yeah... Yeah, that is kind of disturbing when you think about it. But but I, I feel like I feel like the only reason they even did that was because he's male. Yeah, he's a like he's a clone of Michiru, which I feel like I don't know a lot about cloning. You could probably make an opposite gendered clone of someone. Yeah, don't just don't can't you just like Photoshop some chromosomes? I don't fucking know, but like um, <laughs> but, but like gen, like gender. Statement. That's my understanding of of genetics. <laughs> Look if. <laughs> If this was if if this was if this was up to me and there was an executive mandate that we still had to have the two ridiculous gender reveals that we have, I would have just made Go and Ray both trans, and it would have you mean K? K, yeah. Because you said Ray. <laughs> yeah, I would have made them both trans, and it would it would have worked perfectly and been fine and been good. Um. So we also have Guy, and Guy is exactly the same as he was in Get or Go. Guy is unchanged because he is a pure, simple boy who I love. Yeah, Guy was like watching this again. I really loved Guy. Guy's I love when he's just when he's fighting the super robot army guys, and he's just like not even really for a reason, but just because he feels called out for no reason and wants to be called out for a better reason. Yes. <laughs> um, Schwartz is back, and Schwartz he's, is back, and he's thankfully slightly less racist. He's more just mad about he hates Getter and he's racist against Getter energy. Yeah, um, and like the 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 and, and like the 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 only the only fleeting glimpse we get of 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 his racism is is more spread across his whole team, and it's less about we hate the Japanese. It's more about all we know. All we know about what happened to the world was it came from Japan, so we're going to blindly assume this is all of your faults, and there's a scene where we're going to beat the shit out of you for a minute. And, like, right until, and apparently right until the end, like, bank, the Japanese government was still, like, in shelters hiding and didn't really uh -huh. do anything. And I guess that that's kind of a thing, too, because that, that kind of is, is reminiscent of In Get a Robo Go, how, like, the Japanese didn't really, weren't participating in the big war in Antarctica. Yeah. And, that, and they were mad about it. And then the Getter Robo Go goes there and helps, but uh, Kay herself is once is is revealed relatively quickly to just be Genki, where Genki was inexplicably raised as a boy for some reason. Yeah, honestly, and like and like so this like when you know in 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 between in between this first in between the first and second season of Retrospective, I got that spoiled for me, but I didn't get it spoiled enough to get the whole picture, so. I spent like a year or two really expecting K to be trans. Like I thought like, oh okay, like it you know, and you know, even even my false headcanon of events 
still isn't super great because I thought they were doing that classic fucking anime thing where they just assume that the only reason you would ever be transsexual, and this isn't only for anime, like fucking, fucking, I was, just today I was talking with somebody about horror movies and, rem and remembered the fucking ending to Sleepaway Camp, but like, there's a, there was a prevalent, there's a prevalent belief in modern media that the only reason you would ever be trans is because you have some horrible, fucked up trauma and you clearly have mental issues. So I assumed, I assumed that Genke was a boy, but then like, saw his sister die and then somehow like, interpreted himself to like, want to reinvent himself to be some version of his sister. Um, so that's what I thought it was, but it's like, no, Saotome raised him to be a boy, even though he was assigned female at birth for no other reason than... No reason given! According to Get a Robe Arm Again, that's just a thing you do sometimes to your child. I don't know, fuck it. We need this twist real bad. <laughs> like, I just felt it was kind of unnecessary... It was so unnecessary. Like, it's... I, I don't know. I wish it would... Like, I would have even taken something tropey if it, like, just made sense from a narrative perspective. Like, I could say, oh, that's a bad trope, but at least it makes sense. Yeah. Like, trans... Trans... Trans K. I, I honestly think that was something that the first director had more in mind, where I think maybe they had notes saying that K is Genki, and then the second director was just like, I guess all we got is K is Genki. Yeah, right? That's, um... that's what I... That's definitely what I think happened. Something like that, because uh, like the like the, because like the 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 bath scene where they're trying to peep on her, that felt like that felt to me like a perfect opportunity to like foreshadow like oh they never saw her naked so like they didn't see what her whole business was, um and then but and then I I did <laughs> I did have a brief moment where I was like well she clearly has breasts and then my brain was like. Maybe that's getter energy helping her transition. There's no HRT in the apocalypse, so you just have to use getter energy. Um, so human uh, evolution, so, Devin. So they come in, into contact with the Shin Getter and with Go, and they kind of just immediately accept Go. They're like, "You're yeah, you're one of us now." Yeah, you, like, you 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 came out of the pod shell shocked, so you're cool by us. And he has like not aged a day, and he ha he looks pretty cool with the cloak. I I get I once again I think he just looks like a palette swapped Kiriko. Yes, he always is wearing the weird red jumpsuit. <laughs> he he really is like baby like baby Ryoma too. And he has some good yells. I like I like I like his yells. Yeah, K has some he great yells too. Yeah, K, K and Go are both fucking, fucking sick. I I would have loved I would have loved a version of this where K was like a female Go stand-in, and that, then Go I, just wasn't. Go just wasn't here. I I will say. Um, then we have we have talked about the Shin the Shin Dragon because what the fuck is the Shin Dragon? It's this big de devil Gundam looking thing that is like Satome's ultimate weapon that we're never. <sighs> quite clear what it does it, i i feel like i feel like the shin dragon must have been under development before saotome was compromised by the invaders and then when the invaders took him over they tried to use it for evil because there is that i'm not gonna call it foreshadowing but there is that 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 
those couple of scenes where the the fucked up fucking death wish scientist who's always worked for the Satome Shikishima. Institute. Yeah, who I've always I'm on record always loving. Um He's in every getter installment, even Getter Darkness. I love him forever. Um but in this, his major role is to just kind of sit there and be like, I can like I know I know that the fate of the world is at stake, but I kinda fucking want to see what this thing turns into. And I feel like that's the best kind of foreshadowing we get. Because like Satome, like, and again this is like this is this is fast forwarding to the to, to to satome's actual fucking death fucking finally where he he has a moment of lucidity uh, apart from the invaders and he sort of tells the getter team like i've like i've paved the way for you or whatever and, and so and th- this is me headcanoning like off the cuff i didn't have this theory until just fucking now but i feel like like shin dragon was something that the invaders assumed was some ultimate weapon they could use, but that Satome had always set up to ultimately be, like, the, the thing that would help them in the world. Here is my Satome headcanon that I've just, I, I finally put together. I think he's pissed off about after the death of Michiru, conspires with Hayato, because maybe he's under the, Hayato and Ryoma seem to have some sort of beef where they, like, are under the impression that either one of them are more responsible for it, so maybe Hayato <laughs> initially teams up with, to like with to frame Ryoma to get back at him because he, he thinks that he killed Michiru, yeah. and yeah. then eventually so he, and then Hayato conspires to help build the Shin Dragon and the Shin Getter and all that, yeah. and then Hayato kind of is at some point is just like I don't know if I'm in this anymore like you're kind of going too far because Saotome is like bringing his revenge fantasy so much that he's like I'm gonna blow up the whole earth and then mm-hmm. he's like no 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 I just kind of want to get back at Ryoma so I'm like I'm stepping back. So then, I think because well, like what 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 was a game changer? What was I'm sorry you you do you finish your whole theory because I have like a bunch to talk about. So and then I think then the invade so then midway through Ryoma and Satome's war in the first couple episodes, invaders start showing up, and that's when Satome's like, oh, I think we got bigger problems. So I'm gonna help Ryoma fuck up these invaders, and then I can you know blow up the world whenever, and then he dies. Satome then dies next to Musashi in the big nuke explosion. His consciousness is then absorbed by Stinger and Cohen, who I think have, like, weaseled their way to, like, the, the head of the hive mind. And Satome's entire gam- Satome's entire thing in, like, the second part of the show is, like, him trying to resist Stinger and Cohen's influence, which he finally does at the end. Yes. That's, that's um. at least how I've come to understand Satome's ridiculous- Arc. motivations <laughs> my what what in it i would believe that what threw a monkey wrench in it for me was um and again th- this is just sort of like making this reveal in passing out of nowhere but like when we finally see the true circumstances of michiru's death where she sabotaged she sabotaged the 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 getter change herself because she was infected because she realized she was infected and what that what the the thought that came into my head was like fuck maybe saotome was maybe saotome was compromised all the way back then and infected his own daughter because he was already infected and so he instant like like his and his whole his whole hatred for them was just sort of a farce from the beginning, and it, like a hundred percent of it was instigated by the invaders, and it was all a front. 
the, you see, I don't know if I like if I like this aspect of Armageddon because it's like it, it it it's confusing, and I feel like there's so many missing pieces. There's so many missing fucking pieces. Like this, this feels like it needed like four more episodes. It did of explication solely. Yeah, it's it's. That that so anyway just to finish summarizing the plot because it, aside from the the Sao Tome shit, the rest of it's pretty simple. Yeah, which it just like, becomes Hayato has this gigantic moving land ship called the Tower. Yeah, and th- and this is the only time we see Hayato even quasi take the role he takes in Getarobogo, which is sort of replacing Sao Tome as like the lead, like the the lead scientist of the of of the Getter. A role he fully takes in Ark and Hien, where he even has a beard. Oh, so, oh I want to see bearded fucking Hayato. Hell Dude, read, yeah. Read Getter Ark and Hien. I'm gonna. And so Hayato, um, so Hayato then has the super robot army who are all made up of like the different other country super robots you see in, um, in like, uh, Go. Like you see, you don't see all of them, but like the Chinese one you see a lot of, like that had, you see the, uh, you see the Stilva, of course, because the Stilva's yeah. the Stilva's animated pretty awesomely in this. Yeah, th- this is this is this this is the Stilva's best fucking moment, and this the, the best fucking probably I think the only the only like animated representation it gets. Uh, that I actually think I I, I forgot about I and about this right now, but I want I I made a mental note of this that I just found in my head. I love how when Schwartz almost dies, he looks at like the ambiguous am- amulet, like locket he has of his like supposedly yes. dead lover, yes. and I love that the picture of them, he's still scowling in it. <laughs> M- well, what honestly, my my thought was because his like that like it's like a blonde girl in a cowboy hat. So my me and thought was like, did they did they combine Schwartz and Texas Mac? I mean, I think so because that's the role he plays in this. Yeah, but they don't give him a Texas mech. They don't give. They just give him the still though. And the still was pretty fucking cool. The still was pretty fucking cool. But also, I'm I I really I really wish that like the next time you know because like franchises aren't allowed to die in the capitalist hellscape we live in. So whenever we get another big getter thing, I really fucking if... hope Texas Mac is involved because we only ever got the Neo versus Shin thing, and that was really fucking great. But Texas Mac deserves more. So. Arguably, I'll I'll Mac. listen to people who would claim otherwise. You're valid, but I think it deserves more. So what I what I, so the plot then turns into we're chasing the Shin Dragon around. Yes. Uh, there's and then so we have like a pretty cool bit where you know Kay gets absorbed by it and learns who she is and go and her have like a weird naked eye di- information download sequence. Yes. And then. K- Go is all like my only purpose is to protect you, I guess, and they're like cool. Um, they then go to I think like somewhere cold, and it's a bit of a thing. I got some thing vibes where people and and like are turning into invaders. Yeah, that 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 singular one episode was a hundred percent like somebody had like just watched the thing and was like, oh, this is fucking sick as hell. We gotta do a fucking OVA. And that was a good episode. That's where they do the Gona guy thing because like the invaders, like once again, the first time we see Hayato after the apocalypse, Hayato yeah. is like the invaders are like you know using the like the minds of the the government and being like Hayato, you fucked us. And so it's kind of like the invaders, I guess, can steal, can, like, absorb people's consciousnesses. So the big invader they're fighting has, like, all these faces on it, Devilman style. 
And that, that was a pretty good episode. But then right after that, immediately, we we get the return of our boy. In like, we, we the Black Getter shows up. And the Black Getter's, like, probably... This is when the show immediately, like, starts getting awesome again. Like, not yeah, that it was... No. This, like, this is when the show throws out the... Not throws out bullshit, but kind of just immediately more leans into what it's better at. Which is just full balls to the wall action and and good character moments with with the getter team i i yeah that, and that that is my favorite thing about this about this about this thing is it it does keep with canon like it explicitly states out loud as 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 text that like no like getter machines getter mechs are objectively more powerful when three people are piloting them and yet it also shows us that like but also, Ryoma can just sort of stop an entire army on his own with a not even fully powered getter machine. So it's fine. Like, he's just that good of a fucking pilot. I mean, he's fucking Ryoma Nagare. What do you want? God. I'd be mad if he couldn't. I like, I, I also, I also appreciate that when he gives his whole backstory of, of like, because, okay, so what, what I initially assumed was that he spent 13 was like oh so 13 years had passed i assumed ryoma had spent 13 years on the moon like we did yes um because like and and he even he even confirms that he was alone on the moon and it only kind of shows him just having like a fucked up getter machine and like a moon base that i don't even know how well stocked it is and he just kind of has to rebuild a getter robo all on his fucking own and like Kiriko style I would I will believe that he probably has some familiarity with a lot of the major mechanisms of 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 a getter robo but he's not a fucking engineer <laughs> so I would believe that it would take him a decade and change to reverse engineer a getter robo to get it back to Earth on time. But no, he was arguably on the moon for maybe a week, <laughs> if if that. It I like b- fucking Benkei says for you this must feel like it was only yesterday, and I hope he was being hyperbolic because you're not gonna even. Devin, even in the ridiculous fucking planescape that is Getarobo Armageddon's continuity, you are not going to tell me that Ryoma Nagare rebuilt Getarobo by himself on the fucking moon in 24 hours. I, my way of reconciling that in my head is that there was like automated machinery that's like a Getter manufacturing plant. Fucking maybe. I don't fucking know. It sure didn't say that. I gotta tell you. That's, this, no, that's this just my way one of... of the thing. This was one of the major scenes that I think about whenever I say that it that it says singular basic sentences of explication that somehow fits giant swaths of assumed information and just wants you to go with it. Ryoma just says, I ended up on the moon and I rebuilt the getter and here I am now. And it's just like, okay, I guess we're going with this. Fine. I guess this is... And I like how they explain why it's black is because it burned up in the atmosphere. I missed that bit because I was too busy hollering at the fucking time displacement, but that's pretty cool, I guess. 
the the black getter is pretty sick even though it's only on screen for like a bit the black getter is sick it's i like the daikasen version where it has a getter two arm hell yeah i would i think that would have been cool if it had like if one of its arms could stretch and the other one was a drill yeah or it had like a ton of missiles on it like a getter three so it's kind of like an amalgamation of all three of its forms yeah i mean i mean for all we know i mean like listen the only re the, like for all we know the only reason it didn't transform was because it only ever had one pilot like for all we know it had full getter two and getter three capabilities but Ryoma's not gonna fucking pilot them yeah he's a getter one guy yeah except for he pilots getter two and getter robo go yeah but fuck fuck that but who uh... reads the manga other than us chumps <laughs> so basically Ryoma shows back up and he's like hi Hayato let's get in the getter and fight Satome and Hayato's kind of like no, no. <laughs> which is great I, you sent me that image of just the cat staring in the corner like no I'm mad yeah like no no talking me I'm angry <laughs> um, so then Hayato has this like suicide attack on the getter dragon to try to overload it with getter rays with like I loved that sequence with the towers like fucking huge claw arms <laughs> and I and like I like how everyone escapes in the in the escape pods but Hayato and Shikishima stay there and then Hayato is like blown out of the back and like you watch his j- suit jacket disintegrate in the air god and he's just, like, caught and absorbed into the getter, and he's suddenly just in getter two, and then where they, you know, go off to fight the, the kind of the final, you know, their their second-to-last boss fight against Saotome. Yeah. And the biggest leap in logic here is the fact that Getter Robo G stood any kind of a chance against Shin Getter. No, no, that, that was the most ridiculous thing. It, it would have helped a lot if, like... Because cause when, when the Shin Dragon first shows up, it does vaguely resemble the Getter Robo G, but it's, like, bigger and, like, more fucked up and, like, bio-mech-looking and all fucked up and evil-looking. If there was, if there was a, if, if they designed, like, a Getter Robo G version of, of that thing, that would have been fine, because it's like, okay, it's like a super evil fucked up version of, of, of the Getter Dragon. Like, I can fuck with that. But, like, no, this is just the Getter Robo G-ass Getter Dragon, and it's fighting Shin Getter. Uh, it's also, and... like, part Invader, so, like, maybe that helps. Yeah, no, no, yeah, like, I I followed it narrative-wise, but in terms of the visual aesthetics of what was going on, it, all they it, all they presented to us visually was Getter, Robo, was Getter Dragon fighting Shin Getter and going toe-to-toe with it, and I was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> but, once again, as I said, there are scenes in this that are, like, like for example, in in the early in the first chapter of Shin, where we see that they have like the ro- the dinosaur clones of Ryoma Hayato and Benkei stealing the uh, the Getter Robo G. Yes. And they fight it in the original Getter. How they beat it is by they can they can open Get and recombine faster. Yeah. And that's how yes, they beat him in this. And I was like, I liked that. It, New Getter has a ton of that, where it's like individual scenes in different from the manga in different contexts. Yeah. Which is why I like New so much. Like. I can't wait to watch. I, so that was great, and then eventually they, the stoner sunshine, then Go, who's kind of like in a weird coma for some reason, I forgot why. A goma, if you will. A goma, it kind of like, is like, use the stoner sunshine, and Real was like, what? And instead of it being a button, he has to like super saiyan charge it. Because yeah, <laughs> in Go, it's just a button you just hit. <laughs> but, um, it, it's probably, if, if there's any sequence that's like, 
that anyone remembers from this anime, it's the Sinner Sunshine sequence. So nice, they did it twice. It, like, they, they, so, like, it's, even fucking Voltron homaged it with, like, the fucking, like, the way it's, like, all green and, like, outlined and... Yes. It just looks, that that's the closest it gets to looking just like moving Kanishikawa art. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Just like the, the, the very, like, jagged, like, there's no line art because there's no solid lines happening on screen. It's just a bunch of jagged scribbles that make the vague shapes of everybody and everything, and it just looks fucking beautiful. It looks so good. It's like, if, if you're gonna, if you're not, if you're someone who just listens to our episodes without watching the anime, just look up Get a Robe Armageddon, Stoner Sunshine. Yeah, just like Stone, Stoner Sunshine GIF, and then you're immediately gonna see it. No, I watch the whole scene, because it's cool to see, like, all the dead people, and, like, believe in the Getter, and, like, Michiru, and fucking Musashi, and all that. Oh, yeah, that too. And to watch the Getter Robo G just disintegrate. Hell yeah. Because from my understanding, the Stoner Sunshine is just they're creating a small Getter Sun, and then throwing it at you. Mm-hmm. Which is just the sickest thing ever. Like, fuck your spirit bomb, I want a Stoner Sunshine. <laughs> Here, I'm throwing a literal mini star at you. Deal with it. Except it doesn't work the other any other time they use it later on. Okay, so, um... Let me segue. So yeah, the Stoner Sunshine is just... It, it works once. Well, I mean, granted, the second time they try to use it is to blow up an entire Jupiter moon, so I don't know what they really thought was going to happen there. So from, from this point onward... The show just starts escalating into as a, it, it reminds me of the fifth episode of Gunbuster, where the Gunbuster just goes off for ten minutes. Whether <laughs> <laughs> they play Fly High and they do the Super Inazuma kick, and it's just it's just awesome. It's yeah. all the build up to Gunbuster, where you finally get to see the Gunbuster in action. Uh-huh. And I, I feel the same way about this. Like this is we just so the space the the Super Robot Army goes into space, and you know Jupiter is turning into a Getter Sun. Yeah, they fucking the. I loved the. That was the one moment where I I, I like. Cause it it's it's still a whole bunch of quasi scientific anime bullshit, but it's more on screen direct explanation of what is exactly happening than we ever get, and that's saying something because what what all they really say is. They're taking all of the mass of Jupiter and and all because what they explain is like Jupiter was Jupiter was almost a sun, but it didn't have enough mass. And so Stinger and Cohen are like, okay, let's just add mass to it and just kind of combine it with the mass of all of its moons. And then and then Hayato goes, okay, but that's still not enough to actually make it a, like a sun or star or anything. And then Stinger and Cohen are like, oh ho ho ho. What if we just kind of chucked a huge ball of Getter energy at it, and then BAM! Getter Sun! That made perfect <laughs> linear sense to me! Why couldn't the rest of the yeah. OVA do that? And, and I love how Hayato- they then throw the suns back out and throw it at them, and Hayato says, so much for the laws of physics. Yes. Yeah, no, um, the- there's a whole bunch of like moves in the tabletop RPG mech game that I'm that I'm playtesting with uh, my friend Rat who wrote it, and one of the moves that you can get when you level up for I I forget what specific mech class it is, but one of the names of the moves is just so much for the loss of physics. That's a good that's a good nod to Armageddon. Yes. So then eventually things start getting bad, and the Shin Getter can't really you know fight all these invaders even though. It's- should be able to fight all those invaders. 
Well, no, see, this is, the, <laughs> this was the stupid, honestly, can I say this, like, this is what I think is legitimately the stupidest line in the OVA, based on everything else we've seen, is, um, they use, like, a full power getter beam to take out half of the invaders, and then the lady who Haito puts in charge while he pilots just says, Shin Getter needs 36 minutes to charge another getter beam to do that, which is why they can't just fire another getter beam to take out the other 50% of invaders. And I was just like, in what world have has it been established that the Shin Getter needs, to, needs time to do anything ever, even in this OVA? So then, out of this, out of the the bot. So then, out of nowhere, we get, we get a an homage to fucking the ending of Get a Robo G of all things. Yes. With the fucking Shin Dragon shows up, who looks totally like the the Atlantis Dragon from the end of G. Hell yeah! Because I I guess this is the first time. Is this the first time it showed up animated? It wasn't in I the think original. So I don't think any of the Atlantis shit is in fucking the. It's uh, the that weird ass Atlantis shit that gets really dark. That makes see that makes me worried that that the Get a Robo G anime is like especially boring because it's like you know like the the Get a Robo anime had a whole bunch of filler but it's still the thing where just like I'm pretty sure Musashi died at the end I forget it's been forever. yeah he did he like I saw the, his death in the anime he like crashes the 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 bear yeah. jet into gore yes 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 because yes um because there's a whole there's this whole weird thing where Ryoma loses his memory. And that's like, in the manga too. You're right. Because that's where they it. introduced the, the the demon, the hockey empire. They kidnap Ryoma and like fuck right. with his brain. He has bandages on his face for a while. Fuck, I think I'm thinking of. I might be misremembering that. Because that's I in the forget. manga. Because then 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 Musashi, in order to hold off the la before the Getter Robo G is ready, uh, which Ryoma's in the cockpit of, and he's like screaming, he doesn't remember anything, and Haito's like, this is useless, and Musashi's like, I'll hold him off in the Getter One, and then he pulls out the Getter reactor and blows up the last of the dinosaur empire, and then his death is what brings back Ryoma's memories and he like jumps onto a beach and goes Musashi Yes, that is the manga. I think the anime is less good. Uh so Yeah, I think in the anime they all just kinda of watch as Musashi like kamikazes his fucking jet into gore. And then I think Ryoma like sheds a tear. <laughs> that's that's probably correct. Ryoma has some looks in the anime. We need to, like it's later. This is gonna be later on. We have so much on our plate right now, but eventually when we, we will do, get we will get to that. And I think gonna, we'll even probably do the nineties get or go anime if we are desperate enough for to do it. If fucking we should just make this we'll we'll make that like a we'll make that a goal of some kind. Be be it Patreon or whatever we fucking decide to fund this with. It whatever replaces Patreon in like the next year. But, so then, the, the Shin Dragon shows up, and I will say the Shin Liger and Shin Poseidon are lame as all fuck. They, like, they're, honestly, the, I, I appreciate the effort, and I, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate the idea. It, if, if you're gonna make them silly like that. You gotta... Honestly, they should have just doubled down and just made it fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. As much as I love the last two episodes and just how balls to the wall they get in terms of just sheer amounts of explosions and chaos... Yeah. The, I, I appreciate... I, I take issue. I appreciate that fucking they got to do anything, because I was really just anticipating Go just sort of taking the helm and piloting Shin Dragon himself. 
Um, so I appreciate that they're still there and they're doing that, that they had something to do, but yeah. Bringing this up now because I forgot to earlier because of my fucking stupid ADHD, but like, just to say how he said K is that K is an amalgamation of Genki, Sho, and K from Go, who was Hayato's secretary, and like Go's love interest for five minutes mm-hmm. before she gets brain killed by the Shin Getter. <laughs> Yeah, cause like I I I I do love I do love K the most. I don't care I don't care what convoluted plot I don't care what convoluted plot bullshit. Uh, Getter of Armageddon uh claims is canon. K uh K is K is trans and is and is very good. Um. So let's 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 talk about the the ending ending, which is where I have the most interest in Shin Getter Armageddon. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Stinger and Cohen turn into a fucking mini Getter Emperor, and they they use the combined power of Getter Dragon of Shin Dragon and Getter Shin Getter. When, and they uh, when they fucking when they fucking came out of that Getter Sun, and they looked they looked like the fucking Getter Emperor. I was a and Stinger's like, head comes out of a weird vagina thing, and it's gross. <laughs> it was just like a Getter a, a weird Stinger Cohen Getter Emperor angler fish, and I I was just I I was legit I was like upset I was like offended at them I was like you can't <laughs> I was like you can't do that before like you you can't do that like Stinger and Cohen can't be someone's first introduction to a to the Getter Emperor. That's a sin. The Getter Emperor is my favorite part of this franchise. The Getter Emperor is so... The Getter Emperor is... is The Getter Emperor means a lot to me because it is... It is it is the amalgamation of everything I love about Getter Emperor. About Getter Robo cranked up to not just 11, but to like 1100. It is... Kenishikawa is... Kenishikawa is the least cowardly fucking mecha creator in the world. And we are lesser for no longer having him here with us. Rest in peace, Kenishikawa. I miss him. I miss him every day. Jesus fucking I look at him drawing Mega Man and I shed a tear. God. But, um, so they they have, like, the fucking gigantic fucking laser getter tomahawk that slices Stinger and Cohen in half and they're dead. But it causes a giant fucking reality hole like a giant langolier essentially yeah a giant langolier a giant fucking bloodborne boss um that's uh, eats pluto yeah pluto's just gone now no, no my my immediate thought was just like i guess we don't have to worry about whether or not it's a planet anymore <laughs> pluto's gone i think mars was destroyed by jupiter like probably just, lots of planets are fucked up now yeah, the, that and whole so, galaxy is out of whack. The moon is like the moon lost a lot of its mass. There was a singular, there was a random singular penguin in the Antarctic that ate shit when when they blew up the moon. <laughs> that poor boy. Pen Pen said, "Rip to that penguin," but I'm different. <laughs> so they do the uh, they they do the shine spark, and it's it's just like the Shin Getter sequence. It's fucking sick, and they I, get shot into fucking Getter Valhalla. Yes, I do appreciate that was the one thing like that that was the one thing that Getter Robo Armageddon did to kind of justify why there was so much Getter Robo G imagery in this whole thing was just like, oh wait, shit. There's they, they literally say like, oh man, there's a re- like this must be the reason why Dr. Sao Tome made 
Shin Dragon after, like, Get a Robo G is so that we could use its ultimate weapon, the Shine Spark. And, like, I, I, I saw that and I was like, okay, that's that's pretty fucking cool. But I'm, I'm still just now realizing, like, man, somebody on that, some, like, maybe the, maybe the, like, the both or one director himself just must have really had a hard on specifically for the Getter Dragon. Possibly. But can we say that seeing the, the Getter Emperor animated, even if it's just in ship form, is really fucking cool? Yeah, like, and it, like honestly, it like zooms in to the eye, and we see another Ryoma who I'm thinking is the get is the is the is getter is Ryoma from Go. After probably. like Shin Getter tur- like absorbs all of their their all, absorbs tail um, Go and Ryoma, and they crash into Mars. Yes, and so I'm so like not just to lightly spoil Neo New Getter. Uh-huh. We see Getter Valhalla again, and we also see it again, kind of in Devolution. So I'm like, I kind of love that concept that no matter what, all ver- all versions of the Getter team end up in their own personal Getter Valhalla, just like us with the Moon Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, every every version of us ends end, ends up fighting in the Moon Wars at some point, and possibly multiple times, possibly even against ourselves. Yeah, especially against ourselves. <laughs> With our own mental health, we're our own worst enemies, too. Christ. That's... Get a Robo... Or we talked about two for two hours about Get a Robo again. We really did. Um, it's that good. It, it's good. It's, it's like... that... It's, it's that... Uh, conversation... Starting... Like, it, there's that much to talk about. There is. It, Get a Robo Armageddon is a fucked show in a lot of ways, but I also I also really love Get a Robo Armageddon. It's, it's a flawed piece of legitimate art. It's, it's a love letter to Kanishikawa without the care that Kanishikawa has. Yes, I mean, like... <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful mess, and, it's like... It's unwieldy. Unwieldy. Personally... Personally, for my own, personally, for my own, like, obviously, you know, I, I, I hope and dream that every project that, uh, that, a, that a team sets out to do is, like, the best it could be, and everything good happens, but realistically, we don't live in that world, so, like, if, Everything is compromises, and, if, and, like, you know, settling for things. If you're gonna, if, if you as a creative in an industry find yourself in, like, a fucked project, I... I implore you to just swing for the fences as hard as you can anyway, because I think that's how we get shit like Get a Robo Arm again. Honestly, yeah. This show, I want to say it doesn't give a fuck, but I feel that's, like, dismissive. It gives a fuck about Kenishikawa. And that's what's important. Honestly, if this is... if this Just in general, this... in life, giving a fuck about Kenishikawa is the most important thing you can do with your existence. <laughs> If if we could if like even if if you liked this OVA just enough and you thought it could be better but you liked aspects of it you liked the tone you liked the characters yeah. and you liked the iconography if, read the manga you will not be disappointed yes because that that was the thing because it's like especially like I I, I don't want to. I don't want to cast any, like, doubts or disparagements on this podcast. I love doing this podcast with you, and I love watching Mecha and talking about Mecha. But, like, especially in the years since we've started, at the very least, my own personal tastes in what 
media I consume that talks about other media, it has heightened for me. Like if if I wasn't if I wasn't hosting this podcast, I wouldn't necessarily listen to this podcast. And that's not like that's not a disparaging thing. It's I. I think I was telling you earlier that I was like I was trying to find something like deeper and more classically academically critical to discuss about this series, just because like that that's where I that's where I find my interests going towards in terms of discussing pop culture on the internet as a whole. Well, that's kind of not what this podcast is. It can be with certain that's shows. That's not what this podcast is. And again, like, Get a Robe Armageddon is a bad place, was a bad place to attempt that. Uh, yeah. Because it's such a it's Because it's such a mess. There's not a singular, there's not a singular vision. There's not a singular theme. There's there's not a lot tying it down. There's not a lot you could, I mean, you, you could. You could do it with anything, but it definitely wouldn't be intentional. Um, anything you find in here is the same way you find something in, in any text where you just do not know what the fucking creator or creators in, intended. But I think if you do, if you do like everything that Get Robo Armageddon does well, and you do need something that's a little more grounded in terms Focused. of its, its themes and, fo- and focus in its themes and what it's going for, the 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 get robo manga series is absolutely where you where you need to go and if you want to just to briefly recap what those are it's get a robo get a robo g shin get a robo get a robo go with get a robo arc and hien is optional but it's still pretty good yes since hien was made after ishikawa's death based on his notes uh-huh like once again when I, when I what the way i approach this podcast i don't know if it's the way you do but i i see it as a celebration and a tertiary analysis of a niche genre that we both adore. Yes, and I, and I, I am fine with it being that. It, it, it's less about what I want the show to be. It's more that like I, how I personally am, am trying to a- approach my own consumption. And I fucking I am on record hating that term, but it's the only verb we have for vaguely consuming media because you can't just say watch because sometimes you read stuff and you can't just say read because sometimes you watch stuff and you can't even say either one because sometimes you listen to stuff you so you say stuff. consume even though i hate the term consume because that's that's the bad thing that's the thing that you put you put on the glasses and you look at the billboard and it tells you to do um, but that's what we're doing um but yeah but so it's, it's, it's well, less about uh, how about this how about yes, this yes. we're both artists yes we consider ourselves creators. Yes. We are importing art to export our own art. Mm-hmm. How about that? Okay. okay, yeah, sure. We are exporting art. Importing it, and then we are also exporting our own. Sure. Okay, I can fuck with that. Um, but, like, so, yeah, so it's, it's less about what I want the show to be. I think the show's fine, and I and I definitely don't want to—I don't, I definitely don't want to force this— Show. I don't. I don't want to act like Stinger and Cohen and force evolution on this show when it doesn't want it. Um, yeah, if I'm, you don't like this, you don't like this. I yeah, mean, like I, am I know very, plenty I am, of people who love who love Gundam and hate Getter. Yeah. Like if you're a highfalutin person like I am, I mean, I my favorite anime of all time is Evangelion, and I can talk about 
I can look at Evangelion and write write literary analysis about it for hours, but that's yeah, yeah Evangelion. And I'm sure that's what Evangelion episodes are going to be. Yeah, Evangelion is something you can fucking sink your teeth into. Evangelion's got stuff to say, and and you can talk all day about like what it's trying to say and how well or how like how well it tries to say it. And like I'm I'm extremely interested in getting into that and like grappling with. Grappling with I guess the, the relationship what, between what it's trying to say and the, the 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 popular culture it finds itself in. What I guess what I'm trying to say about myself, at least, is my two favorite, my three favorite movies of all time are Old Boy, Apocalypse Now, and Evil Dead Two, <laughs> and that is all I need to say. That is the that yeah that's 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 the Devin that's the that's the full Devin sampler right there. I mean, I'm reading Dostoevsky novels right now, but I also take time to go and read violence jack good lord that's i don't know that's that's just how i am i i i not all media is the same not all media tries to do the same things and it shouldn't and i don't feel that i feel like not everything needs to be academic but i also like when it is i mean yeah yeah yeah, it's it's less about it's less about it needing to be academic and it's more than like if anything if anything, I love when something that clearly wasn't meant to be academic can be looked at academically. But it's it's oh, yeah. it was just really like I'm I'm one of the like I'm listening to a podcast right now, um, and it's, it's called uh called Deck of Friendship, and they specifically are watching uh anime based on real life games, and so obviously they're starting with Yu Gi Oh, and almost every episode one of them finds a way to put an anti-capitalist spin on the anime and how the single most capitalist anime (laughs) yes both and and they they tie a lot of it to how like like joey is the working class every man like opposes kaiba and everything he stands for and it's very good kaiba's the guy with the 800 dollars commander deck who kicks your ass every week at fnm absolutely and it's like you know is like is that intentional no but is it still a legitimate reading? Like, if if anybody actually went to a fucking or read up on how you actually critique text and like a research paper or get it published or write a college paper, like, yeah, it doesn't actually like news like newsflash. It doesn't actually fucking matter what the author intended, and that you know, and, like, oh, death of the author, death of the author. Like, there's there's things to critique about the broader perspective of how death of the author works but by and large what death of the author really means is you can like regardless of how important the the author's perspective is on it in terms of your own reading it doesn't it only matters as much as you want it to and i like that to be here's look at my philosophy on life nothing is objective least of all art yes that that that's that's something i'm excited about to talk about yamato since the we're going to be we're going to be covering space battleship yamato in the relative near future a couple weeks out mm. uh when we start our next arc which we'll announce in the next episode um but that show can be uh, to some people can be read as nationalist japanese propaganda and others can read it as a rejection of that because though that's what the two directors the show had yeah. two major creative forces that one wanted it to be ultra nationalistic and the other one really didn't want it to be yeah, that I'm I'm very interested in, in that from that perspective. I, I like the idea of that battle happening mid in the middle of producing a show. That's very interesting to me. Yeah. So it's like once again, you get out of art what you want to get out of it, since it's entirely subjective. Yeah. I, and I, think... I honestly think that 
this show above all, I think it's major, like, I think it's main creative goal was just to celebrate the work of Kenishikawa. Yes. I, I do think if it, if it wanted, I do think if it wanted to latch on to anything, like, th- there was a lot to do about family in this, like, by the end of this, by the end of this anime, half the fucking cast ended up being quasi-related or clones of someone else, and just like the, like the importance of like Genki, like Genki losing Genki losing his sister and becoming K, and then like regaining his sister in a weird way, but it's actually Go, and like they, them forming their own lives. Like, Getterable Armageddon is a show that I I think's on a very basic level succeeded at what it vaguely wanted to do which was again like you said to celebrate Kanishikawa um but yeah narratively there was a lot of threads that it really didn't tie up in any meaningful way um and it's just I depending on how you look at the show it can be very good it can be very bad I think (laughs) it is it is Uh, honestly it is and that's what I think makes this show so interesting, is that every time I watch it, I feel slightly differently about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I, I, can't, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for the next time I feel like watching this again. I don't know when it'll be, but I'm looking Watch it with to... somebody else, because it's an interesting experience. Yes. Subject somebody else to just complete, unfiltered, like, get a robo. <laughs> blast, um, but... bla- blast your loved one with get a raise, and see what happens. They'll grow sideburns and start screaming. God. But, uh, I think that's all we gotta say about Get a Robo Arm again. We have a lot of thoughts. Hell yeah, we did. Um, so yes. I'm Devin. And I'm Tooch. We cry at robots. We cry at robots. And the ultimate fate of humanity and whether or not we need the will of the getter to live on our own. Follow us on Twitter at Metrospective. Oh yeah, do we have any emails? Or we'll do that next week, I guess. I don't think we got any. I checked a couple days ago. Okay, cool. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be back next week with probably the best arc of Votoms yet. Hell yeah! Tsukunare, you may be